Welcome to Vermonters in Business. We highlight some of the very best business leaders in our state and the amazing things they're doing in their communities. People of Vermont, welcome to Vermonters in Business, where our mission is to highlight the businesses and business leaders in our state that are doing incredible things in both their work and their communities. I am your co-host, Drew Kinney. I am a insurance agency owner. I am an investment property owner and a technology investor. We've got an awesome show today, but first, I want to take a second and introduce our co-host, Travis Spencer. Travis is a serial entrepreneur, a local business enthusiast, and of course, around here, we know him as a world-class insurance agent. King of the hot take, Travis Spencer. How are we doing today? Doing great. Ready to roll again. Yeah, you got any hot takes for us today, or, you, um, or we'll save them for later? That, you know, well, we, we know we don't know when this will be aired, but it's fall, so you know, yeah. there's a little chill in the air, so you got to get the long sleeve. Yep, on. yep. Travis has got his winter coat on already. <laughs> so we have an awesome show today. Joining us today is Roseanne Kramer, and she is from Runway Auto. She has 24 years in the collision industry. Um, that's a lot of time and experience, and that is awesome. And yep. it's a, a valuable asset for us on the insurance end of things, and on uh, you know when we have somebody with a lot of experience in the industry that can really help guide customers. Um, her husband Joe bought uh, and and her bought the uh, Runway Auto in 2014. Um, that was when you first moved back to Vermont. Moved to Vermont for the first time. Yeah. I'm not originally from Vermont. Right. Um, I grew up in Indiana yep. and kept moving west until I hit California. <laughs> and uh, finding Runway Auto to buy brought us to Vermont. That's so. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and you were a, a Hoosier? Yes. Yeah, originally. that's awesome. Yep. <laughs> Catch a lot of basketball down there or what? I'm not a sports person. Yeah, that's okay. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> Travis and I probably carry enough, are enough sports people for everybody that's in the right. room. So. <laughs> and one of the cool things that um, you mentioned that you've done so far, uh, you know, kind of in your career, is you've donated a few vehicles to deserving men and women in Vermont, um, mm -hmm. which is just awesome. And then, of course, with COVID and everything that was going on, you know, it was, a, it was tough for everybody in every industry. Um, so anytime, you know, you, not only does your business survive, but you can keep all, everybody on your team kind of employed and everyone keeps you know, kind of cruising along. That's a, an amazing accomplishment. But um, so, Roseanne, we one of the first things that we do on the show is we have um, what we call the Vermont Hot Seat Questions. And it just gives everybody a little feeling, a little understanding of you as a new Vermonter from 2014 <laughs> and some of the preferences that you have um, for our state. So are you ready for the Vermonter Hot Seat Questions? I'll take them. Yep. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? What are you having with your Vermont maple syrup? Pancakes. All right. All nice. right. That's catching up. Yep. Waffles had a big lead up yep. front. Yep. Well, if I had a waffle maker, okay. I would live <laughs> on waffles. So I am terrified to get one. Yep. So it's pancakes, sausage, and maple syrup. I nice. love it. <laughs> and a uh, perfect day for you. Is it a winter day at the mountain or a summer day at the lake? Summer day. All right. Summer All day, day long. Yep. <laughs> and now it's your birthday dinner in the state. Where are you going to go out to eat? Um, the last place we went on my birthday was Hen of the Woods, and I'm nice. not sure if they're open anymore. My other favorite is Lunix okay. on Church Street. Yeah, yeah. No, they're still, still so far anyway, as far okay. as I know. Yeah. <laughs> Both are excellent. After COVID, I haven't been down there as much as before yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it changed True. all of our habits. They actually <laughs> recently opened like a little bakery spinoff too over in Shelburne, oh. which is very good. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a French name, so I'm not going to try to say it. I think it's like, well, I will. Lamarche, I think is what it is, but... <laughs> Somewhere, somewhere, they're like kicking themselves because I just butchered their name, but it's really good. You should try it, Shelburne Road. Apologies for our viewers in Quebec. Yes. 
Um, and then what is your creamy order and from where? Maple at Palmer's in Jericho okay. on 15. That one's got a pretty good lead going right it now. Yep. Yeah. It's well known. I just bought a bunch of maple syrup there yesterday to send back to Indiana. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Always good to send it back home. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> What's the shipping like on that? Um, my husband's taking it on his way hunting oh. out west. Oh, so nice. it's getting personally delivered this Even time. That, that is better. <laughs> yep. Yep. Save on shipping costs yes. and uh, twofer. <laughs> that's great. Um, so that's kind of the Vermont hot seat question. So from here, I'll you know, transition over to Travis thank and you, we'll Drew. get rolling on the business side. Appreciate thank it. And thank you again, Roseanne, for joining us today. Uh, first, let's just start with who's Runway Auto? What do you guys do? Um, so we're a collision repair center, which basically means when you get in an accident with your car, van, or truck, we are going to fix it. Um, and our goal is to not only take care of the vehicle, but also take care of the vehicle owner. Um, most people it's seven to 11 years between accidents. If things are going well, um, we do have some repeat customers that are with us multiple times a year. I love that Um, stat though. That's fascinating. (laughs) Um, but it's a new thing when you get in an accident, it's very stressful, no matter how minimal it is, um, and understanding all the things. So our goal is to not only, obviously we fix the vehicle, put it in pre-accident condition and make sure it's safe to drive. Um, but we also want to take care of the customer, mm-hmm. make sure that they're comfortable with the process, um, even when it's horrible and we're waiting on parts or something like that, that they at least understand right. what's going yeah. on and why it is. And how many employees do you have? Currently, we have six full-time employees okay. um, between auto body technicians, fixing the cars, painting the cars as our refinished technician. Um, we have a parts manager, mm-hmm. um, and he's crucial because... Parts are very difficult. They always are, but they're even right. more so currently. Right. Right. And his background, he used to be a collision center owner and an auto body technician. Okay. Um, so with his history, it's really good to have that background. Um, a lot of shops put someone in that understands computers because mm-hmm. you're ordering a lot online, yeah. but really don't understand cars. Right. <laughs> and <Yep>. So it's <laughs> crucial to have a good parts person. Okay. And we were talking about COVID. We talked about some supply uh, chain stuff off the air here. Mm-hmm. Are things getting better? And what type, type of time frame do you, are you seeing right now? So it's completely up and down because you never know right. which make or model or part uh, is going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, and it runs the gamut. Uh, re- of late, the couple things that we've had, we had a Volkswagen Atlas that was in. Um, the insurance company wrote an estimate of about $1,800. It was over $12,000. Wow. Um, and one of the pieces is the wiring harness in the front bumper. She had hit a deer. Yeah. And that wiring harness was on back order for eight weeks. Jeez. We can't put the car together without that. Right, right. Um, we currently have a Nissan that's in now. And when Nissan builds them, I've been to their plant. When they build it, they build, this is like a Altima, they build it with the Unicide. Mm-hmm. They don't sell the Unicide. They sell a quarter panel that has part of the rocker, and they sell the hinge pillar, which is at the front with part of the rocker. Those two pieces do not meet. They do Mm. not sell the rocker. Jeez. So we had to fabricate a piece of metal that is about an inch to an inch and a half, I don't remember the exact dimensions, to fit between the two pieces that Mm -hmm. do not meet in the car. Wow. So that is one of the challenges, besides the parts delays and even getting those two pieces. Right. Um, So... And you're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about technology, and this is a good lead-in with getting parts. Um, we had a Jason Dillon, a Toyota salesman in here mm-hmm. uh, recently for an interview, and we're just talking about the cost of a vehicle and the safety and the technology mm-hmm. now. So your grandfather's fender isn't your fender anymore. Um, 
Talk about how the technology and the safety features really impact the cost of repairs. So originally, um, the older metals, people are always like, oh, you should have a vehicle from a long time ago when you get it doesn't look like it crushes as much. Well, part of that is the vehicles now are designed with crush zones. Right. When you get hit, if you're in the vehicle, the energy is supposed to go around the occupant because the concern is that the person is safe. Yeah. You can replace the car, fix the car. You can't do that with a person. Right. So that's the original safety features where the fender, the metal, all of that is not the same as what it was 30, 50 years ago. Yep. The other piece is called adaptive driver assistance systems. And for short, ADAS. So you'll see ADAS on a lot of new vehicles. And basically, those are the vehicles that have adaptive crews. They're the vehicles that have the blind spot warning, the lane departure warnings. All of those things are ADAS. Any part, for example, on a Toyota Camry, if you have adaptive crews, and I don't know the exact cost, but for example, the original grill without adaptive crews is $500. Yeah. The grill with adaptive crews is $1,200. Right. And those are not exact prices, just yeah. but an right. example of the price difference. Exactly. So all of those things, whether you use them or not, even if you turn them off because right. you don't want them, you still have to have to be replaced. Yeah. And those cost money if they're damaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of sensors, there's cameras, yes. there's all these things now in uh -huh. these components in the fenders. So yes. that's really adding to the increased costs, you uh -huh. know, which adds to the insurance costs, which we Correct. you know talk about yeah. quite frequently. And we do part of that on the technology, we do a pre and a post scan on every vehicle. Yeah. So the pre-scan it hooks up to the computer and lets us know if sensors are damaged because I can look at a sensor, it may look completely fine. However, right. it could be damaged. There's no right. way to know unless you do that. So we do a pre-scan on every vehicle, 2010 and newer. And same thing, at the end, we connect it. So if it's a Toyota, it's with a Toyota tool. Mm -hmm. They're not aftermarket tools. Um, if it is a Honda, it's a Honda tool. Even after that, some of them still have to go to the dealership to be calibrated because the calibration requires a large white space that is 100% level. It cannot be off a degree. Mm -hmm. wow. um, it has to have all of the stands so that it can be calibrated to within a millimeter yep. so that when you're driving down the road, your blind spot works, your uh, automatic cruise um, will work, the adaptive cruise, sorry, will work. Yep. Um, and we facilitate that for our customers. We take the car. Today we're picking up a Subaru from Subaru for that same thing. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. And one of the yeah. parts I've heard that is really expensive that I don't think a lot of people think about are all these new uh, tail, the, the, um, for trucks, the tailgates. Mm -hmm. So now we have these tailgates that have a step in them or maybe a 60-40 <laughs> split and all these things. And I've heard, yes. some, I've heard some pretty outrageous pricing to repair just tailgates. Can you speak to that a little bit? So anytime you're repairing a gate, a door, any of those type of things, it's basically a metal shell. And the guts inside of it, if you have an old tailgate, the guts inside of it is relatively simple. You basically take the handle out and you're able to do a repair. If you have with the multiple steps, they have, it's not just one tailgate, it's multiple pieces that make up that tailgate. Plus you don't have the same access. Right. And you have to have access to push the dent out. Right. Um, hopefully nobody is still doing this, putting two inches of filler on stuff. That is <laughs> not a correct repair. The metal has to be pulled out. At most, there is some filler, but it is a skim coat. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, and so it is much more expensive if you can even repair it. Right. If you can't, you are generally replacing the entire the thing. thing. Yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the mechanical parts, the electronic parts that 
do all the extra stuff all cost extra money. They're all sold separately. You don't just buy the gate like ready to go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, again, added costs, and yes. which is why we're seeing things increase. Yep. Uh, one of the things we talked about before prior to you coming in, and we're dealing with a lot now, is because of the time frame for repairs, the importance of having rental car coverage. And the importance of not just having it, but we're having the discussion to make sure you're maxing out your coverage. Um, you know, you're getting as much as you can because it's taking so long, because rental car costs are up. What are you seeing with customers when they come in in regards to rental car? So um, I'm terrified when someone comes in and doesn't have rental car. Right. Um, because until we do disassembly, like they'll say, how long is this going to take? Well, on the original estimate, it might be eight business days. However, once you do disassembly, you find out if there's any hidden damage. And cars aren't like Legos. You can't take them apart and put them back together. Yeah. So things break right. coming off. Um, any of the chrome moldings are generally going to crease coming off. They, it's not like the black rubber ones where there's some give. So those all have to be replaced. And it's a matter of if they're even available in a timely fashion. So if they don't have rental car coverage, there's no way to know how long the repair is going to be. It's hard for them to plan, mm -hmm. and it's expensive. You can't get into a rental for pretty much less than $50 a day right now. Yeah. Maximizing rental coverage and people think if they have full coverage, they have rental car coverage. They do no, not. Okay, it is that. a separate line item. Yep. And you'll know better, but it's usually only a few dollars a month right. for rental car coverage. And I tell people to maximize it. And depending on the insurance company, all of them are different. But some of them, if you have $75 a day for 30 days, you can get into a lower priced rental because they'll look at the maximum dollar amount. Yep. You can get into a lower one and stretch that out to say 45 days or 50 days if you need to, yeah. um, instead of getting into a $75 a day truck um, or vehicle. And so we really stress anytime someone comes in, I tell them if you have an agent, you need to talk to them and get rental car coverage separately because that's when you know that your insurance is paying off is right. when you need it yep. and if you don't have an agent you really need one um, buying insurance online you don't have anyone to guide you that's asking you the questions is this something you need mm -hmm. most right. people can't function without a vehicle i know a lot of people work from home but if you have kids they have right. activities they have football they have hockey all the stuff that they're doing um you need a car even people with multiple vehicles, because we'll get sometimes, oh, we have two vehicles, we don't need it. Until you've been without yeah. one vehicle, you realize quickly, I really need that second yes. vehicle. So yeah, to yeah. your point, that's it's very valid, and it is very inexpensive, and all yeah. it takes is one accident for it to pay for itself. Really. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, $50 a day, we have had, um, earlier this year, we had a Mazda. He paid for rental out of pocket for five months. Wow. Yeah. And the challenge, too, that we even see on our side is that, you know, $50 a day is actually the max that most companies even offer. Mm -hmm. Of course, not even offering that we could sell above that right now. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and to adjust and for companies to roll something out that like that out, it's got to go through the state's whole process through the insurance commissioner mm -hmm. and all that, which takes, you know, a year. Oh, yes. So <laughs> it's almost like, you know, we used to think $50 a day could get you just about anything. And now it's like, like you said, it's you barely can get into a normal car, you yep. know, to fill the need. And mm -hmm. that's a Correct. shortened time frame. So. It's been a real challenge to deal with, you know, rentals right now. <laughs> yes. And the other thing people don't think when people call and they ask, the first thing I ask is, is your vehicle, they ask about scheduling or estimate and all yeah. that. Is your vehicle safe to drive? Drivable and safe to drive are two completely different yes. things. Yeah. If your doors do not open and close, it's not safe to drive. Right. Yeah. 
Um, if your lights are not all functioning, all of those things, if it is, that is not the case or your bumper's half hanging off the car, those are not safe to drive. Right. Um, and if you're the claimant, you are entitled to be in a vehicle for as long as it takes to get your vehicle fixed. Um, and right now, it's been like this in Chittenden County for almost a year and a half. Everybody has booked out months. Yeah. 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 Uh, to pivot off from the parts and stuff, but more talk about demand for repair folks. Uh, we talked to a lot of tradespeople. We're... They're all in trouble looking for folks. I talked to a glass guy the other day. They can't find people to install auto glass. Uh, we've really shifted away from people doing stuff with their hands. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you seeing in your industry, and what are some things that can be done to maybe encourage more folks to get into you know, auto body work? So with all the trades, this is a 30-year trend. Um, going back to the 90s where parents and high schools push, push, push for four-year college. Um, I have my degree, I got Six Sigma certified, I have an MBA, I am 100% for education. I am also 100% for return on investment. And to me, I had to put myself through college, but I could do that in the 90s. It's not yeah. even possible now. Right. Right. So when I graduated, I didn't have any debt. But you can't do that now. I'm fine if someone is clear taking on the debt and understanding what their entry level job will be when they graduate and what it's gonna take to pay it back. But all of the trades are very good careers to be in, make, can make a lot of money. Um, most of them make more than a lot of teachers do right. um, without having to spend the money on that. So a big piece of it, this 30-year trend is going to take a lot to reverse right. yeah. um, because trade schools have closed. They don't have the same funding that they did 30 years ago. So it takes a lot to go back. Um, but they're great careers. Um, I, when I started for DuPont uh, in 1998, never anticipated, I'm not a car person. Didn't think I'd be in the industry that long. Right, I was yeah. as green as you could be. I knew where the gas pedal was and where to put gas in the car, and that was about <laughs> it. Yep. Um, but it sucked me in. Like, I absolutely love it. I love what we do. Uh, but it is hard and challenging to find people. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Maine originally, and we had a technical college system. So we had the university mm -hmm. system, and then we had the technical college system. Mm -hmm. And they were you know, splattered throughout the state, and they focused on you know, mechanics, auto body shop. And yeah. then there was, to your point, there was that pivot where technical school kind of had a negative connotation, yeah. and they all became community colleges. Right. So the technical schools now are community colleges with more of a broad-based associates program. Mm -hmm. um, and even in high school, we had... Each class, we always had those guys that worked on everyone's car, you know, and that's where they yeah. were going to go, yeah. and that's kind of gone away. So to your point, I think we do yeah. need to pivot back to encouraging people to mm -hmm. get into those yeah. roles. I mean, if college is for you, 100%, but if it's not, there are lots of jobs, and even on the collision side, outside of being an auto body tech or a painter, there are lots of jobs that are available with distribution, with the manufacturers, yeah. I mean, all different levels, all different kind of things. Um, I didn't, wasn't in the collision industry. I started out sale, I mean, in the collision industry, but doing sales. Right. I sold automotive paint to auto body shops. Yeah. Um, and I did that for 16 years and then was like, I think I want to own one. Nice. Yeah. So very cool. It's a good progression. Yeah. Um, anything we missed, anything you want to add? Um, one of the things, uh, it used to not be such an issue, but it has been, um, obviously everyone's noticed with everything, probably mostly construction materials. Everything costs more than yeah. what it did before COVID. Right. And it's the same thing for us, not just the parts, but the paint, everything that we use. And insurance companies have slowly started to raise their 
quote unquote rates, um, but they are not up to the levels that they need to be. One of the things that I have been bringing to attention to more and more customers, I've always known about it, but it used to not be such an issue yeah. is um, if they are not, it's the insurance company's job to pay to put the vehicle in pre-accident condition. Correct. And if the customer has an issue with that, there is a place for them to go. Vermont has, it's called the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Yep. Um, they can go there and once they're in there, there's a place that says file a claim and they can file a claim against the insurance company. Doesn't mean it'll automatically get paid for, but it will be investigated. Um, and I have talked to them and one customer I worked with, they were a claimant. Um, someone behind a desk said the vehicle was safe to drive. You could not open or close either door on the right side. <laughs> and they said that they weren't paying for the rental. Wow. And I was like, I don't understand how you think this vehicle was safe right, to drive. Right. <laughs> so I worked with the customer. They did file a claim. They did end up getting reimbursed by the insurance company for the full rental um, over the months that uh, they were without a vehicle. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't always happen right, that right. way, no. but it is a place for them to go. Nice. Um, because, frankly, if someone else hits you and it's not your fault, you really shouldn't be out of pocket. Right. Um, yeah. You should be taken care of. Exactly. So. Anything yeah. else you want to add, Drew? No, I mean, I think I'm, you know, like I said earlier, I'm very impressed with 24 years of kind of in the mm -hmm. industry. If you were to break out your crystal ball, where do you think things are kind of headed for the collision industry? Um, it's hard to say because of the technology. Yeah. Um, technology is always changing, but as we've seen in the last several years, it's like on speed now, yeah. how fast things are <laughs> <Yeah>. changing. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is around the scanning um, those aspects of it and making sure that the vehicle is in pre-accident condition so that when you do put on your brakes or you have your cruise control set and it's supposed to slow down, right. that it actually does. Um, and that needs to be, I don't know that all shops do that. I know that we do on every single vehicle and that's key um, because that's the way that you know that you did everything right. Like if something's not connected correctly or, you know, right. all of those kind of things to make sure that it's um, a correct repair and pre-accident condition. Sometimes better than pre-accident condition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. Yes, thank it's you. been a real pleasure to have you on. Uh, this has been another episode of Vermonters in Business. So if you happen to know somebody that's doing outstanding work in their community and at their career, uh, please send them our way. We'd love to host them on the show. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Cooperative Insurance Companies, for uh, helping us put this on. It uh, means a lot to get people in Vermont and our state. They're doing great work and help get the, get the word out. So That's my personal insurance company. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> For my home and auto. Yeah. <laughs> nice, another plug. Yep. <laughs> I recommend them often. That's awesome. Good. Well, Travis, anything else? No, that's great. All right. Great episode. Thank you for yeah, joining. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Drew. Yep.